Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And today we have another guest we are so excited to chat with. We don't really even know Jenna well, but we just feel like she's a kindred spirit. Um, We have such a great relationship with Dr. Pierre Corey. So if you guys have not heard our episodes with him, you need to go back after this because we'll probably reference back to him quite a bit in his book, The War on Ivermectin which Jenna McCarthy co-authored with him. And that's how I first learned about Jenna. Pierre sang her praises. And then another good friend of ours, Rose Gallo Rojas, love you, Rose, reached out to me and said, Holly, I think you'll want to know my friend Jenna. And as soon as she did, I said, Jenna, we want to talk to you too. And really, obviously, we could talk about the book forever. We could talk about a lot of things. But I think what I really, one of the reasons we really wanted to talk to Jenna as well is because, um, and I know Jenna will share some of this, three years ago was a big wake-up call for a lot of people. Some of us, like myself, I knew I had gone into the dark world of uh, childhood vaccine schedule and knew the corruption there. I had experienced the broken medical system personally so many times, the broken insurance uh, world that we live in. Like I I knew we were really effed up. (laughs) But I really like to talk to people who have had that revelation more recently. And I know Kristen and Amy do too. And how, like with Dr. Corey, how that has changed your worldview. But I think even more importantly, or just as important, what are you doing about it? And Jenna, obviously you're a writer. So we're going to let everybody, let you tell everybody who you are. And I love that you use your gifts and skill sets to help Dr. Corey tell his story about not just the war on ivermectin and what people need to know about how the medical system works and how they can oppose drugs that they know treat diseases simply because they're not money makers. I mean, it sounds wild. It sounds crazy. This is reality. And we want to encourage our listeners. Every single one of our listeners has a gift, an ability, an insight, a story they can share one-on-one. You don't have to put it on social media unless you feel compelled to. But you don't you have a story or you have information you could be sharing. And it's the only way we're going to get the truth out, guys. It's the only way because the media is not helping us. Social media closed our account. Our Instagram account is gone. We now have to start over simply because we told the truth. So that's why today we want Jenna to share more of her story, her advocacy, her wake up call, that it will inspire you to think about what you can do to make a difference in the fight that we're in right now. So Jenna, thank you for being with us. 
so much for being with us. Will you tell everybody who you are? Like, what do you, what, what were you doing before 2020? <laughs> I'm, I'm like bursting at the seams. I want to say all the things you said, so many things I wanted to address. And I should have taken notes. Um, I, okay. First of all, uh, before COVID, I, I'm so dumb. Like so dumb to all of this. When I hear people like you that, you know, I knew, oh, I knew about the medical products or I knew about the insurance thing, literally moron, like beautifully every year. Come on, kids, chop, chop. It's the flu clinic day. Let's go roll up. We'll go get Froyo at like, I, I want to go back and punch her in the throat. And you know, the only, the only like whisper of intelligence that I saw in myself that it was like a little flicker and then it got doused. But there were, there was when my daughter, my daughters are 19 and 20. And when they were, you know, nine, I think their pediatrician started talking about Gardasil. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? Something in my little pea sized mama brain was like, but they're not sexually active. They're not going to be forever. So I, I was like, you know what? Hard stop. My pediatrician at the time was a personal friend, like had dinner at my home. And he was like, he didn't push it then. And then my daughter, my older daughter got a little bit older. She was like 12 or 13. And I was in the room with her and he brought it up again. And I said, I'm still a no on that one. And he looked at her as God is my witness. And he goes, um, Sophie, if you decide this is something that you want to prevent cancer, you don't need your mom's permission. I, I know. And she, she's my mini me. So like, she was like, actually, I would never do that without my mom. And it, you know, she was like, girlfriend, like, ah, yeah, absolutely not. I was so livid. I went home. I wrote him this scathing letter. I was like, do not ever undermine no. me in front of my child. Like this is a decision I made. So, but here's the horrific part of the story. That was in California. We moved to Texas. It's a little more, you know, conservative. Our, our pediatrician's office, I had a female. I loved her. And she brought it up early in our, you know, being, being part of her practice. And I said, you know what? I, I've, I'm, I'm a no on that one. I've resisted it and I'm a no. And she was like, I get it, you know, but you've got girls and this is kind of the end of the window. Like if you don't do it now, they will never have the same level of protection. And like what, I mean, literally she fucking steamrolled me. Oh. And then, as, and I did it. I'm about to cry. I did it. When I told Pierre that Dr. Corey, the first time I told him that he was like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're admitting that. And I'm like, I, the, this is the only way we're ever going to fucking get out of this is if we all admit, like I was, I caved. And yep. my daughter has had un, uh, she's had heart issues that they're unable to, I mean, she's worn the halter monitor for weeks at a time. They can't find anything wrong with her. They basically told her it was in her head, which she was like, it's not mom. It does this thing and they can't find it. And so anyways, prior to COVID, I have some funny, funny blog posts. If you, my, my, my website is just my name, Jenna, not Jenny McCarthy.com. I started writing about this early. Like in 2020, I was like, my first blog post was called, I will drive. And it was about like being locked down. Like, why are we locking down the healthy people? Shouldn't the people who are at risk? So my analogy was like, if somebody, you know, announced on CNN, hey, there's going to be an old lady out on the road today. She's blind as a bat. 
She's a terror. She, she's probably drunk, frankly, you know, so everybody else needs to stay home because she's going to cause some, she's going to hurt you. She's going to hit you. No, she needs to stay up, get home. Like, why am I saying it? Like, I didn't get it at all. And, you know, that was back when I still had social media followers and people could see my stuff. And like, th- when I posted that, the vitriol, like, I was like, oh, you, you think we should stay home? Like, I thought, well, smart people would see this analogy, you know, so then so that, that's kind of what I do. Like my, my prior to COVID, I used to call myself a sit down comedian because I, I write funny books. My books were funny. I did not talk about government conspiracies or new world. Like literally I was chick lit, funny marriage stuff. You know, I wrote funny kids books. Like it was all like, if it wasn't funny, I didn't want it. I was, I have a 30 year publishing career. I worked on staff for Mademoiselle Shape 17. I've been published in 60 magazines in 35 languages. Like, but the common core in everything I did was it was just humorous. So I'm losing my mind watching what's happening in the world. And so, you know, I start blogging. Actually, I started by posting on Facebook and one of my other author friends was like, they will shut you down for saying stuff like that. You should at least, and then you'll lose it all, put it on your blog and you can put the links. And in the early days of COVID, when you did that, the links actually showed up. I'd get five, 600 comments. A lot of them were, please stay home and die, which was lovely because these were in real life friends. But no, I got that please stay home and die. That was a direct quote. Um, friend from a real person that you actually know, not like in, from a- in the flesh. Yeah. Not, not a total stranger. Some, somebody that I worked with, I had a woman that again, in real life friends, she was my kid's principal at their elementary school, but this was a tiny little town in California. We socialized. I mean, we were friends she wrote me a private note saying I've never unfriended anyone before or blocked anyone, but you're so out of control. I can't believe Joe and the girls aren't getting you the professional help you need. And, and this was like, early. I hadn't even gone down all the rabbit holes yet. This was just like, Hey, there's effective treatments out there. Hey, these masks, like, you know, they are not really doing what you think, you know, and it was, you stay home and die, lady. You stay home and die. Yeah. I, wow. It, it, it's, it's so wild to me because, listen, on both sides of every divide in this country, there are the extreme horrific people. I have to say, though, during COVID, it seemed like people on the side opposite of you were far more hateful, like oh, bitterly yeah. hateful. To the point of like, well, so I had, I had a, I have a, this was a, a, again, a, a true in life friend went to each other's kids' birthday parties, you know, always took each other out on our birthdays. She was so, and she has the, you know, I have a healthy distrust of government and I'm still vaccinated ring around her, her thing. So from the beginning, she would attack me really publicly and I would go to her Facebook page and she would have like the, literally the most horrific things you've ever seen. I blogged about this one too. This isn't a recent blog post. I still say blog because on my, on, I have a Substack too, by the way, that's where I'm trying to move everything. But on my own personal site, I, I actually took screenshots of one of our conversations. This is a woman who is a journalist. She works for LinkedIn. She hosts 
seminars called How to Spot and Address Disinformation. As God is my witness, this is what oh. this woman does. And so the, the one thing I posted about recently was... Um, I should pull it up because I can't remember. Well, on her on her um, Facebook page, on her feed was a, a cartoon of uh, heads tombstones. What are they? Yeah, tombstones. A grave, right? Yep. Have you seen this one? Maybe go ahead because this was actually in somebody's yard. A friend of mine sent me a picture, but I, I'm thinking. But go ahead. What does it say on the tombstone? Well, all the tombstones say, "I did my own research." Yep. Like. Uh, literally all like I, I I voted for Trump I don't know but it was like oh my god where I I tried bleach whatever it was and I was like you're literally celebrating death that would be like any one of us yes. putting uh, putting that up that said my very rare side effect was death yes. we would never we're not celebrating that we're no. trying to help you how yes. are how you're and you're trying to help you because you think I'm evil and dirty because I'm not vaccinated and therefore you want me to die. I think you're putting poison into your body and I don't, don't want you to want die. You to die. Right. How do I become the bad guy? That's the difference. That's the difference. Yeah. We are doing this because we truly don't want people to die. We want people to be healthy and live. We don't want you to have false, a false sense of security with that mask or that vaccine where right. you say, oh, well, I've got this. I'm covered. I'm good. Or, oh, I've got this mask. I won't get sick. I won't spread it to other people. You are. You're still going to. It's yeah. not working. You are being lied to. But people are doing this out of fear. But then the hate like I'm just, this is what has blown me away is the absolute hate from people. Like my parents were uninvited to Chris, a Christmas party that they've gone to my dad's 70 something years old. Okay. He has, he was uninvited to this party that he has been, he's gone to middle school with these people. Like we that's uninvited from a funeral. We were like, she's already dead. Can we please come? I'm not kidding. That is a hand to heart truth. Like what? Okay. I, I mean, I'm not a big, you know, I don't love funerals in particular anyway, so I'm good. Yeah, but I mean, man. It's insanity. Insanity. And it's, well, one thing I've been thinking cool again. Or common sense. Amen. Yeah. But that's yeah. the thing, Jenna, is that, and I'm so glad you're talking about this, because I don't know that we've really had an episode yet where we have really discussed the vitriol that we have encountered from people. I had a pediatrician that the three of us know. Well, she works in pediatrics in a hospital in Texas. Reach out to me when I literally, all I said was, I'm going to rely on my own immunity. I've looked into these shots. They are not tested in, enough for me to even be comfortable. By the way, it didn't matter how much they've been tested. I still am going to get it. I'm going to be honest. That's how I am though. I'm a minimalist. I don't, I don't, I, I, you're, it's going to be, I'm going to be hard pressed. Listen, you're going to have to tell me I'm going to die of a disease. Right. If I don't do it, that's about where I'm going to have to be to get a shot ever again. Okay. So, but so I'm going to do it, but here's the thing. I just said, I'm going to just rely on my own immunity. I'm going to take care of my health. I'm going to get outside. Like I always do. I'm going to eat well. I'm just going to rely on my God given things. And she came after me. Well, first of all, she didn't, she didn't come after me because she's a coward. But she, she posted on her Instagram and I happened to see it. My face, everything about how I am leading people astray. And this is the same woman who went and also vaccinated her child. And I hope she listens to this. I hope someone tells her and I hope she hears it. 
I'll send it to her. Give me your name. Got vaccinated while she was pregnant and was, and called herself a medical influencer on Instagram and did that with as little information as we had. Then her child was born early. Shocker, because we now know that's a lot of what was happening. Um, But, you know, it is, I resist the urge regularly to contact her and just be like, and this was my response to her then. My response to her then was, I hope that you mature enough as a doctor that you learn how to think and ask hard questions and find the answers because you need to. And that said, you know, that did not help the situation. But I was like, there's no arguing with people who hate you because you are taking a stance that they are convinced is wrong. But what they don't realize is they're convinced based on their trust in other people, not because there's evidence or facts. It was her trust in the CDC and the published studies, which we all know, by the way, guys, published studies can be owned and captured like everything else. Yep. And but that's-, that's the thing. So like, would you, it, it's my, my Substack yesterday was about um, the contagion of conspiracy theories, right? So mm-hmm. I've talked about forever before COVID, like 9-11, that was, you know, an, a, a, an attack on our country. I mean, I, I could, I could just go down the list and it's like, how did I, I, I think about this at night because I don't sleep, you know, mm-hmm. how did it go from COVID shots our uh, depopulation agenda, you know, death mechanism to the earth could be flat. I mean, I'm not saying it is. I'm saying it could be like, how, wait, what What happened? And it really comes down to it's, it's COVID was the gateway to this mind, to, to an epiphany that, that the people who haven't had it yet don't want to have. This is my theory. The epiphany is, well, if they're lying about this, they're lying about this. What else have they lied about? Why would why would I assume that what my doctor learned in medical school? Oh, and then you go down the Rockefeller Foundation and the American Cancer Society and you go, oh, they just they just bought that. They literally just bought that and said, all right, we're going to say that this that these petrochemicals are healthy as opposed to herbs that we've used for all of ever, like we're going to bastardize that and make it make money. So, and people say this all the time, follow the money, but it's true. Right. So then you go like, and when, when, (laughs) you know, you start getting those algorithms, like, okay, now I'm a full on conspiracy theorist. So I would get the flat earth things. And I kept going, just somebody just tell me why can you, can you like, because who cares? I, it doesn't affect my life at all. It, what the shape of the earth is. I got the rabbit holes to fall into. And then it's like, well, because one theory is that there's all this magical land out there. You have to admit. Yeah, they'd do that. <laughs> my husband's getting so mad at me right now because even when he saw my, my sub stack, he was like, maybe don't go to the flat earth thing. It's yeah. like the extreme. It's like the park. No, and I also said pro sports probably scripted. Sorry, honey, don't leave me. But you but, again, it's it's. Go yeah, ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think that for some of us, luckily for us, COVID, like you said, it was the gateway, and it made us question everything. Like you question one thing, and then you just start questioning everything. But it's just baffling that there are still people out there who refuse to question. I have to read y'all this because it just reminds me of just 
y'all are gonna this is so funny if you haven't read do you do you read coffee and covid jeff childers Substack every day 8 a.m i'm checking i'm going refresh 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 <laughs> but so maybe y'all saw yesterday um that factcheck.org um, ran a belated story saying that vaccine shedding is expected with some vaccines and generally okay. is not harmful. Okay. So he's just talking about how finally they're coming around to talking about shedding where, you know, two, three years ago, we would have gotten, our account would have been gone for that. Right. Well, so then he talks about, <laughs> he said, um, here is the template for the five stages of woke grief. Did y'all see the five I stages of woke this grief? on my Instagram to my six followers oh my gosh, since so I got knocked like, down Here's how woke virtue signaling minds slowly process information, contradicting what they've been told to believe about some uncomfortable, undeniable thing like vaccine shedding or myocarditis. Number one, the thing doesn't happen. There's no evidence. It's just a conspiracy theory. Number two, it might have happened once or twice, but it's anecdotal and correlation doesn't uh, isn't causation. Number three. Okay. Maybe it happens sometimes, but it's super rare. and basically doesn't happen. Number four. It's not rare. It's normal. Scientists always said it happens and it's nothing to worry about. And number five. So it happens a lot. It's good that it's happening. He said, we're, we're about to reach the stage where they're going to say that shedding is actually good for us because, Hey, you get to get a vaccine without actually getting poked by a needle. Like this is, this is what they do though. They don't just open their mind to it. They just justify every step along the way with what they've been told and make it somehow like it's all okay or that they've known this the whole time. You know, it's bizarre. What's even more bizarre is that people believe it. Yes. Did you see, I mean, along those same lines, there was a, there was a, and I want to fact check this to see where the original post was, but a mom, supposedly there's a screenshot of it. Um, I think a parent had said they had hesitations about getting some particular vaccine for their kids. And this mom repl replies, oh, my child already has uh, peanut allergies, meat allergies, eczema. Got Mid it. And then, I'll read it. I'll read I it. Because I think I sent that to y'all. It says, yeah. I can't really answer your questions, but just wanted to share our personal experience with vaccines and maybe help with your anxiety a little. My 13-month-old son has had severe eczema, currently healed, tummy issues, mucus poo, bloating, pain, poor weight gains, and multiple diagnosed allergies, CMPA, egg, peanut, cashew, beef, pork, oats, to name a few. And he has had all of his vaccines to date on the normal schedule with no reactions whatsoever. This is what Did we're doing. Aaron this Brockovich. Yes. 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 You know that scene in the movie? Like there's the scene where she's trying to explain to the mom that the the deadly chemicals are in the water yeah. and you, you they're they're in the living room and the kids are playing in the pool in the background yeah. and the mom's like no because they they showed me the studies and like you watch it, it's such I'm not even a movie person I have chills all over my body it is yeah. such a powerful moment when you watch her going but they but they they said they, mm -hmm. they had stuck. Oh my God. Kids get out of the pool. You know, like it's, they're fucking lying. They lie. They, they lie. So I think for so, you know, there's the, the famous, famous quote, it's easier to lie to people than to convince people that they've been lied to. Right. Yeah. Then, then you're not just, you're a fool. Nobody wants to feel like that, which is why they do that 
slowly tweaking of, you know, oh, it's going to protect you. Well, it's not going to totally protect you, but it'll protect you from the worst stuff. Well, you might still get the worst stuff, but like, it's like <laughs> that, that, that any of that is easier than the mental discomfort of how we started this conversation today. Like, I was a fool. I was duped. I, don't, I mean, some people just can't do that. They can't do it. And yeah. that, that's why they will hold on to the lies. They hold on. They hold on. Well, switching gears, how I got to know, how did you meet Pierre Corey, Dr. Pierre Corey? And how, because by the way, the book, you guys, you have to read it. It's not just about the war on ivermectin. It's, it's, it's what we're talking about here. It's also Dr. Corey's awakening to what was really happening, what was going on, and how that's informed him today as a physician. It's so well written, Jenna. It's just, it's an easy read. And I, and I say to Dr. Corey all the time, he already has a great personality, so he's fun to talk to. But you guys just did such a great job at really highlighting the everything that needed to be highlighted along the way, but doing it in a way that it's so enjoyable to read. Because sometimes medical stuff isn't fun to read. You know, and you guys just nailed this. So how did you guys get connected? Um, first of all, thank you for all of those lovely, lovely things. This is, um, you know, again, as a, I, I wrote Chick Lit. I was a sit down comedian. Like th this is not anything I would ever do, but I would like to say that lots of people say that. Like it's, it's so fun. It's so like, it reads like a, you know, a, a crime novel. Um, when we first turned it into our editor, first draft, first thing he'd ever seen, this man is very, very dry. Um, you know, and, and in his defense, he had to suffer through all the comments between Pierre and I, which Pierre is like my, my spirit animal. We are both super potty mouths. We send each other the most inappropriate, you know, memes and everything. So we would, it would be like F-bomb, F-bomb, F-bomb in the comments. And like our editor couldn't even say that in a text. Like he would say, there's an F blank, blank, blank on page nine. We should discuss. And we're like, oh, this, you know, this poor guy, but he gets the first draft and he writes us, um, great job on the book. It's very accessible. <laughs> And I was like, my love language is like effusive praise. Like I, I'm going to need a little more than like accessible. And he was like, no, no, no. I just meant like you were saying, Holly, medical books can be dry. Yeah. And I, I, I'm proud of, I'm super proud of how it came out. So um, obviously I can get off on tangent. So how I came yeah. to this, um, the whole thing was, it was actually hilarious because Obviously, from day one, I was following the, you know, Pierre and Paul and Peter McCullough and Mike Eaton and anybody that was, you know, reinforcing what I thought. So I found my little tribe, Tess Laurie. Um, so I was following the FLCCC. So one day they, they posted on some social media, you know, we're looking for writers. And I wrote like a funny, and it said humor a, a plus, not a must, a plus. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be the funniest freaking thing they've ever seen. And they're going to hire me on the spot. So I write what I think is this, this funny thing. And this lovely woman responded immediately. And she was like, this is great. You know, I had just written a post about the whole Joe Rogan being canceled off a of Spotify thing uh, or wherever he was before. I can't yeah. remember. You yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, so I sent her that and she was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is so great, but this is like a full-time in-house position. And, I, and it's like social media and it's all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, sorry, haha, but thanks for getting back to me. So a year goes by, the FLCCC has quadrupled in size and now they have a budget and they're they're doing a blog. 
and she tells me this later. So they're having an internal meeting going, you know, it's, we want to try to reach more of the movable middle, you know, reach some of those folks that might be on the fence. And I think humor is the best way to do that. And so my editor Zara was like, I got a gal, I got a gal, I got a gal. So she reached out to me and we had a talk and all I'm thinking is like, wow, I've been blogging about this. I've been told to stay home and die. I've been called every name in the book. And I, hand on my heart, not religious person, but I, I mean this in, with every fiber of my being. I was like, this is why I was put on this earth. Like my kids are great, you know, I, but I, this is what I'm here. I have a voice. I'm not afraid to use it. I don't give a shit if you don't like me. And I never did. So I'm going to do this. And, you know, I have one brother and one sister. We're all polar opposites. My brother was a drug addict, a high school dropout. My sister went to Duke Medical School. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not kidding. And we are super close, all on the same page in this. And every single day as I'm posting this stuff, they're writing me like, dad would have been, I'm going to cry. Like dad would have been so proud and you're so brave. And, and I'm like, it's not fucking brave. It's I'm here. This is what I'm here to do. This yeah. is what I'm here to do. This is my purpose. So then the, the funny little side note is up until this point, like I've seen Pierre testifying in front of Congress and in, in my mind, he is like, he's a God. He really is. Sorry. As he's going to get the biggest freaking head when, it, when he listens to this, but he was, he was like a, a big smart doctor. And I was a chick lit author and oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to be writing and he's going to read my words. Like this is, this is how like fangirly I was. Right. Yeah. So he gets, he sees one of my things somehow and he asks my editor to introduce us. So she does it over text. And the first thing he says is, well, I don't know about you, but I just had Antonio Sabato Jr. retweet me. So I'm kind of a big deal. And I was like, actually, Scott Bayo once retweeted me. So you've got 24 hours. That's true. That happened. So I was like, you've got 24 hours to get a retweet. Battle of the 80s heartthrobs. Let's go. So all of a sudden, he went from like, you know, a suit that, you know, my dad was in construction. I, my husband is, you know, not, a, we're, we're very blue collar people. And I'm like, you know, the whole, you're, you're, you're the, the white coat, you know, kind of thing, which, I'm, I'm so trying to get away from, but because obviously he was on, on my yeah. side of what I believe. So he was fantastic. Our very first phone call, he is F-bombing this and dropping jokes. And I was like, you're my best friend. You're literally yeah. my best friend. This, you know, so at that point, long story short, I swear I'm wrapping it up. Uh, no, I love hearing this. And th that's why, that's why we love him too. And this is why we love you too. Cause we just like real authentic people where you just can have a conversation and not have to think like pick your words just yeah. let it but go ahead go ahead Sorry. he's so real he is so real so i was already writing for the flccc at this point you know like a monthly substack um and he said you know what so we just kind of became friends and we would text funny stuff and he texted me one day and said can i can i call you i want to i want to pick your brain which is funny, I actually have a pick my brain tab on my website because people say that all the time. And then, oh, you just want 30 years of experience for a cup of coffee? No, you, I actually charge for that. But, you know, for, for Pierre, I'm going to do that for free. So he's like, I, I have a contract to write a book and I've had it. I'm, I'm, well, he actually didn't get to that part yet. He's like, and I had a, I had a co author. He's a New York Times bestseller. He, you know, had it for a year. 
and it never happened. And I don't know what to do. He's like, I don't even know if I need a co-author. Like, you know, what do you think? And I said, what, when is your deadline? And he's like, a year ago. I was like, oh, okay, great. Um, you can actually get sued for that. Did you know that? But um, he's like, no, they still really want the book. And I said, but you have nothing. And he said, well, I have, he had, oh my God, three, uh, 250,000 words. Like this, the, the book came out to be about 85, I think. But I mean, and it was all his substacks, and which are brilliant. And he is a great writer. There, you know, this, there's no... But it was like, like the analogy I used is like, he gave me a literary forest and said, can you make this into one beautiful tree? Yeah. yeah. It's a forest. Just whittle it down and prune it into one really nice tree that looks good from all the angles when there's no brush around the bottom oh. of it, you know? So, and every Substack he has, if you read his Substack, mm -hmm. graph, chart, graph, link, 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 chart, graph, link. Fantastic. But, you know, and he's thinking, oh, I'm just going to throw all those in a book. And I was like, you know what happens when you click on a link in a hardback book, Pierre? Mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing happens. You have to describe what that link, yeah. what, what people would be looking at. We can have a few charts. You can't have a lot. They they don't translate well. So rather than going, look at what happened in Uttar Pradesh, you have to say, in Uttar Pradesh, comma, this is what yeah. happened, and make it and still make it interesting. So he's he sent me. He dumped there's billions and billions of words into a, into a, I set up a Google doc for him. I said, dump some stuff in there and I'll look at it. And it was like, I said, just linkity link, 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 link. And he's like, so, so I don't really need a, a writer, right? Like it's, it's like, it's ready to go. <laughs> I was like, oh, Pierre, you're so cute. Yeah. You're so cute. Yeah. No, so right. I said, let me, I'm going to write, I'm going to write a chapter. He didn't even have, like, I wrote, I wrote that intro, but I said, I want, I want to set this up. I'm going to, I'm going to write you something and you tell me what you think. And he called me the next day. He's like, so we're writing a book. We're starting, we're starting now. We're, we're going to, we're going to write this book. And oh I was like, gosh. we're going to write this book so freaking fast. It's not even funny. So we just did every day, every day. And he, he kept dumping more stuff in there. I'm like, I'm blocking you. No more. I don't care if it's the best thing you've ever had. We can do a book too. It has to stop. I mean, literally till the very last minute because the Senate hearings were happening. And I'm like, honey, you, it's okay. We can write a follow-up. You can write this in your subject. You do have to, you have yeah. to go to the end at some yeah. point. Well, yeah. how, how long did it take you guys to, to write that? By the time you agreed. Or do Three it. months. Three that months. That is incredible. And what, I can't imagine how much whittling down you you did because it was insane it was insane like if you read the book my favorite chapter is the Uttar Pradesh chapter if I can find it quickly actually I'll 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 uh, be searching while we talk he wanted that chapter I kid you not to be like I mean it was 20,000 words he wanted every single thing that happened at every single moment it was probably because it was so compelling that they were wiping out COVID early on in the pandemic in Uttar Pradesh by using ivermectin. Yeah. Like, and it, it was compelling. And what was so wild to me at the time, while you're looking for it, yeah. is that we talked about this, Amy, Kristen, and I have talked about the podcast. Like, it's, there's evidence there. I think there was evidence in Mexico. There oh, was evidence. Peru. Right? Yeah. Like, why isn't anyone talking about it? Like, why isn't the mainstream talk? They don't want a cure. That's what we knew. They don't no. want a cure. No. Okay. Did you no. find it? Yeah. So it, it really, I kept like highlighting things that I wanted to take out. And he's like, that, 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 we, that needs to be in there. That needs to be in there. And I said, you, you need to trust me, right? You, you really do need to trust me. We can have links and sources 
it's you know there's there's a saying uh and lamont saying in writing you have to kill you have to kill your darlings like you can love it so much and it's so mm -hmm. important if it's not moving the dialogue forward if it's not adding anything like Uttar Pradesh was magical. We're saying that. I promise you we're saying that. So in everything that we wrote, like I'd had all the final files and I would say once I'm done, you know, you, you don't, you're not allowed to get in there. Well, he got into this one when we were done and I did not change a word because it was so funny to me. He starts the chapter with this author's note. Okay. Here's the deal. My brilliant, lovable expert co-writer, Jenna McCarthy, and I have been fighting about this chapter a lot. It describes what I think is the most remarkable public health achievement in the history of mankind, and it deserves at least 100 pages to detail everything that happened so the world can learn a lesson, because those SOBs are going to keep springing lab-concocted viral pandemics on us. But Jenna won't listen. She is insisting that I have to tell it in a few pages. So I just wanted the world to know that this chapter was written under duress and in protest against her totalitarian ways. I hope you learn what you need to learn from this horrifically truncated description of what happened in Uttar Pradesh during COVID. And it's still the longest chapter in the book. Like, still the longest. We get no. it, Tina. We get it. It was, it was significant. It was very significant. <laughs> but as significant was, you know, like what we were talking about a few minutes ago, like that, I knew a lot. By the time I started this book from following the people that I yeah. followed, I knew a lot. Yeah. The one thing that I did not know, or at least maybe I knew it, a nick on the surface, but not the depth and depravity, is the the medical journals. Like uh, as a as a I was a, a you know magazine writer for years, and I would go to the NIH and the PubMed, and I would cite those studies. And to me, that was gospel. Like mm -hmm. there's there's a double blind placebo controlled study. It doesn't get better than that. And to actually learn, and not just learn because. Pierre said so, right? But to learn with the undeniable proof that there are so many conflicts that these journal, you know, the journal authors and editors are on the boards of these companies that supposedly they're, you know, uh, uh, unbiasedly researching that they can design studies to fail purposely designed mm -hmm. like they did with ivermectin. Where yep. they they only you know they wait till fourteen days of the onset of illness when you know in Paxlovid they're doing it on day two, they mm -hmm. only give it for three days when Paxlovid gets a fourteen day course like and and so people don't read those studies you read the abstract and the conclusion that's what people that's what yep. I read as a journalist right abstract and conclusion and and there were there were studies the whole Andy Hill debacle which mm -hmm. that's the part that reads like a, a crime book in yes. my opinion um the study would find one thing like yes. like the study would find absolute efficacy irrefutable yes. efficacy and the conclusion would be there is no reason to to recommend ivermectin it's like yeah is this a typo yeah what what, what is happening well and even um just to bring this up the new england journal of medicine i remember really in the beginning when uh, when they were talking about miscarriages and stuff did um that they were saying that there was no you know no difference or whatever in those who got pregnant women who got vaccinated versus not but what they failed to say is that they were they were um given the vaccine for the pregnant women in the third trimester but the ones that were given it in the first trimester were having it was, it was like a 80 percent miscarriage rate yeah yeah, yeah. I, naomi wolf did all this wrong. i'm probably messing all that but i mean i have the study printed out because i remember seeing that but you but the conclusion 
and the abstract, it, it once you look at it, you yeah. have to look at the fine print. And I think they ended up having to retract it. Um, I'm not sure, but like these are things where even the doctors are not looking at these studies. They're doing the same thing, Jenna. They're looking at if they're even looking at the study. First, they just say if the CDC says it. But if they actually have like a little bit of thinking skills left, they may go to the journal and look at the conclusion and the abstract. I mean, it's a superficial skimmer. Like, see, these studies, they're hard to read. I still don't get it. You know, like sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But like you have to actually go and and really look at it. And most doctors are not doing that. Well, remember the Lancet too? Remember there was complete fraud. Yeah. The Lancet, just utter, complete fraud. And they ended up having to retract that. But again, where was the me- mainstream media covering that one of the most renowned journal uh, 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 journals in medicine lied to you on purpose? It was fraudulent. And Holy, they were very busy covering all of the gunshot wound victims that were left in the snow that yeah. because of all the ivermectin overdoses. Do you remember that? I, yeah. Do you remember this? Rolling, Rolling, Stone, Stone. Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones reported. Printed that with a photo of people standing in line outside of the hospital in their snow gear yep. in September. In the yep. In the summer. In the summer, but they were in snow gear. And Rachel Maddow. Oh, God. One of the, you know, <laughs> leading, not, but she's, you know, she's one of the most visible uh, news anchors in our country. Died on that hill. You remember? Like, she went all it's in on that story. With you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's so disgusting to me. But I, <laughs> and it has nothing to do with who she loves. Okay? Let's be clear. Don't call me a big... It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that she is just a nasty, she seems like a nasty person in terms of she just hates anyone that doesn't see the world the way she does. It's mm-hmm. just awful. And after a while, those of us who, listen, I try to listen to people who don't agree with me. You know why? Because I want to learn and figure out what it is they're thinking and what do they see that I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. I don't hate them. I will start to not like them when they come at me and others like me and continue to ridicule and tell us that we should go die in our homes. Then I'm going to have issues. And she was one of those that shamed the unvaccinated, her and Don Lemon. And that worked out real well for him. (laughs) You know, and I mean, it's just, it's, this is the thing. It's like, we have got to get back. We have got to get back. And Dr. Corey said it when he was interviewed, he goes, we got to vote for the people who will hold people to account. Mm-hmm. And right now, the people who are in charge aren't doing it. So we got to get rid of them and get people who will actually, you know, hold people to account. And I think all of us question whether elections are even going to be safe and um, and actually free and right. And that they're going to actually we're going to be able to really elect who the people want. I really question that now where, you know, more than ever. You but saw we, what just happened in Colorado and now like yeah. 30 states. My brother told me right before we got on here that Texas is one of them now saying Trump can't be on the ballot. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you could write it in if that's your candidate of choice. But again, you have to believe in the integrity of the system. And I don't think anybody does anymore. And frankly, like I I said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a... Uh, this was what I had sent to um, my brother. This is why he called me to tell me this. Please hold. Yeah. It was a flashback 
10 Democrat-controlled states refused to put Abraham Lincoln on their presidential ballots. Despite this, Lincoln won the election soon after the Civil War began. Well, like, yeah. they want us to fight. They do. That would make they life do. so much easier for them if we were just taking care of each other on our own. Yeah, it's so insane. that they can, they can continue to roll and do whatever it is they yeah. do. And that's this. these are the things that sounded like conspiracies to all of us in the, 10 years ago. It was like, ah, that, you know. But I will always say this. Read, teach your children to read good, good classic literature. 1984 was a game changer in my brain. Yeah. And I read it in high school. And I just remember going, that could happen. Like, mm. not that far from that happening because I knew of communist Russia. So I knew, I, I understood why we hated communism. But then I read JFK. Thank God, Mr. Sturdivant made me read JFK. And it was, and then Oliver Stone did the movie. But that's when I realized our government could turn on us. And that's why the Second Amendment is important because your government can turn on you. And that's that that, that whole thing. I just think about these pivotal moments in life that informed my awakening, you know, and, and I think that's really what I want to ask you. I mean, obviously, Jenna, you've you've had this awakening and then in doing so, you had the courage. You're clearly a challenger personality, which I personally love as same here. And we don't care what people think. We just sort of like, it matters what's true. And I'll say what's true because I want to be on the right side of what's true. But how do you encourage people? Because I'm sure you get this a lot. We get it a lot. Thank you for speaking out. I'm so glad you're speaking out. But they're I not. can't because, and I've heard every, I can't because. I can't because my husband's in politics. I can't because I work at a, you know, charter school. And I mean, I've heard every single thing. So, but yeah. What do you say? Like, what, what do you say to them? Who are you trying to please? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like when this started, I'm going to tell you, I came really close to alienating my daughters. They were both in high school and because of who I was, and I did have a huge social media following and everybody knew me as, you know, the girl's mom author. I'm the cool mom. I'm friends with all my kids' friends and all their friends were following me. And my, my girls were like, mom, you have to stop posting that stuff. And I was like, girls, I can't. Mm. So you tell your friends not to follow me. That's so embarrassing. Oh my God. Can you just start another account? No, because this is the way that I can reach people. This is my purpose. And I will tell you, the first year was horrific. They were like, everybody we know is vaccinated and they're fine. Everybody we know. We can't go this. You know, they couldn't go to concerts. My oldest daughter went to college on a medical exemption in California. They made wow. her life hell. She had to test three times a week. She had to leave her dorm and go find the test, take it home and take it deposit it somewhere else on campus, had to be by a certain time of a certain day. And then they had 24 or 36 hours to process it. Once every other week, they would make an announcement in class. Sophie Coito is not uh, cleared to be on campus. Please take your things and leave class immediately in the middle of tests. Like I would be on the phone with them going, you're kidding me, right? Like I'm paying $50,000 a year for my daughter to get an education. If you kick her out of that class one more time, there will be a lawsuit. Like we're not doing yeah. this. We're not doing this. She is no more at risk. Like I would send them things, you know, to the health center. Like she's not at risk. Why is she still having to test? She had actually already had COVID by the way. 
Uh, yeah. I was like, can we just antibody test her so we don't have to do this, you know, stupid thing? Yeah. Anyways, it was absolutely insane. And, you know, at the end of the day, yes, I had family members block me, like unfollow me, whatever. And, you know, the way I look at it is it's kind of like culling the herd, right? If, yeah. if you can't, first of all, most of the people in my life, I'm always opinionated, right? So you you know that that's coming and you go, maybe you're thinking, well, I don't really agree with her, but. I respect her. If you couldn't handle that, good riddance. Like seriously, yeah. good riddance. I don't care if we share blood. I don't care if you're my husband. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. This is way too important. I'm leaving a legacy for my daughters. They will be proud of me. And even in those early years where I was like, I know it's embarrassing for you guys. I know it is. Yeah. You're someday, someday you will look back and go, my mom was a badass. Because yes. everybody else thought something different. And, you know, there was a time, I'm always hesitant to say this, but my youngest daughter's a model. She models in New York. That's where she lives now. But she had just gotten signed. And then in this crazy world that we lived in, she couldn't even audition over Zoom. Oh. Because, I swear to God, because she wasn't vaccinated. And so suffice to say... I'm not going to, I'm not going to say exactly what the, what the plan was, but I, I had a, I had a plan of mm. how we could make it so that she could audition. Is that safe Ooh. to just leave that there? Yep, got, got you. I've never, like when I tell you it was the worst day of my life, the worst day of my life, when I thought I've just fixed it, it was going to be expensive. It was going to inquire, require multiple plane, you know, yep. but I was going to fix it. Yeah. And she was like, you're, I'm so scared right now, mom. I am so scared. Like you raised me with the understanding that there's nothing I could do worse than lying to you. I could kill somebody. I could rob somebody. I could be a horrible person. But if I told you, if I admitted it to you, if I was honest about it, you could forgive me. Yes. And so I'm over here. This is her talking. I'm over here going, everybody I know thinks one thing. My mom, who's always a little bit wacky, thinks something different and wants me to lie about it, which is against everything that I was raised to believe. I'm scared. I'm scared of you and I'm scared for you. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I mean, stab me in the heart. Stab me in the yeah. heart. And yeah. I said, all I can do is you don't, you don't want to hear about it. I would try to talk to them about it. They're like, la, 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 you know? And I said, I, I want, I have things that I can share with you and I, that I want you to watch. Well, my oldest daughter came to it much sooner. She literally brings this book everywhere she goes. And like on every airplane, she's like, breaks it out. Like, have you, have you read this? Oh my gosh. It just doesn't say it's my mom. She's just like, this is the best book ever. The, the movie that just got re-released. Yes, we were going to talk about that Mickey Willis's. Yes. It yes. was called something else. He renamed it the war on ivermectin. It is freaking amazing. It's like 12 minutes long or something, not a big investment, but Mickey Willis of course did the whole pandemic series. Um, yes. and it is, it's all, you know, Pierre and his story. It's so my daughter listened to it the other day, the movie in the car. And she was like, left me this longest voicemail that I forwarded to Pierre. She's like, Oh my God, you're so badass. This is amazing. This is going to be in history books. Like I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. I'm sending it to every single human being I know. And you know, again, from a kid that was like, whatever you're, you're over-exaggerating, you're, you know, loopy mom. So 
I'm, I mean, but isn't that such, it feels so good when your kids, your loved ones start to go, I get it. I see it. And we've, we've had the same thing. I have a 17 and 24 year old, same thing where I know at times they're like, mom, mom, but then they, but then when they're willing to listen and thank God my boys are, they go, okay, I get it. I trust you. I know, you know what you're talking about. I know you're not crazy, you know? But I want our audience to know this. There is more at stake than your discomfort. And there's more valuable things in this world than your discomfort, your temporary discomfort, by the way, because discomfort is temporary. You're going to be uncomfortable having to take a stand. You're going to be uncomfortable having to say something. You're going to be uncomfortable challenge, challenging the status quo, but it's temporary. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. And the less you care who you're hurting, because at the end of the day, you know, you're ultimately trying to help. It's exactly what Kristen said at the beginning. We're trying to save people, not harm them. Regardless, no matter what they think, they don't know what you know, right? And your strength makes other people uncomfortable because it shows them their weakness, right? It's like, oh gosh, she's out there. It's it's just easier to resent and get angry rather than say, I could do I could do that too. You can yep. do that too. And and Holly, exactly like you said, it's not always going to be easy. But when yep. you think about, I mean, it's really as simple as what do you stand to lose? Yep. What do you stand to lose? Some fake friendships, some people that really don't like and respect you or love and respect you. Like if if our this is the way I looked at it, like some of the people that blocked me, I was like, oh, we were that tenuous. Good to know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I would have like thrown myself in front of a bus for you and you can't even let me have a different opinion. So thank you for, you know, right. not letting me waste any emotional energy on you ever again. You don't deserve me because I am loyal. I will, you know, I will defend you. I will be your friend to the death. So if, you, if you're not willing to do that, I- well, and that's where it's not only showed us people's true colors. You're like, oh, okay. Well, now I know, right? Um, like what Maya Angelou says, when people show you who they are, believe them. And this has really shown me who a lot of people are. Um, but I want to go back to just real quick, you know, Amy and I, it's a lot easier. It would have been a lot easier for us to comply, have our kids in school when they, when they have been out of masks for months over the summer. And then all of a sudden, two weeks before school start they said they have to be in masks again, you know, and it was, it was not fun. The kids were not happy about it, but they also knew for sure that we weren't going to let them go because it took more, the people like us to resist that. You know, I know for a fact, and I will always believe that we were part of that resistance, you know, because otherwise if everybody complied and everybody went along with it, then we'd, we would not be where we are right now. But same with the vaccine, same with all of this. And I had to teach my kids too. like, and, and I think at first they, they didn't know, but they're listening to us and our kids are younger. Uh, you know, we have like younger age than y'all, but now they're seeing why we did what we did. And, and it got to, I was, look, it was easier for me just to find our group of people and do our little group text threads and say, this is crazy. Like I felt comfortable. You're comfortable there. But when you put it out in public, when I finally started posting on social media, when I finally started doing that and people were hateful there too, um, it just, I'm so glad I did it. Like it's one of those things where you may not be at that point yet, but we hope that you do because it got to the point, just like Holly keeps saying, it's conviction. I could not lay my head down on the pillow at night without saying something. And it was because I cared. And that's exactly why we're all here because people are not getting all the information. We're not saying we're always right, but 
we have been most of the time. But we're, <laughs> but we're like, we're we've asked you to prove us wrong, but it just got to the point. I want my kids to see, just like with you, Jenna, when they say, go find another account, go do this. No, because what that's doing is just showing that you're just trying to please other people. And that's not what we're here for. We're here to speak the truth, not our truth, the truth. Yeah, the truth. And well, we let me tell you how, how I got every person that I got onto my side, onto my side. I would say, are you willing to read, watch, or listen to one or two of my top things? Would you be willing to? I will read, watch, or listen to anything mm -hmm. you send me. You can send me 10 for every one that I send you. I will read anything. I want to understand why you yes. think what you think. And I cannot tell you, I'm seriously, this is not like a, well, it is, it's a shameless book plug, but I can't tell you how many people have written to me or commented on my sub stack. Like literally everybody I know is getting a copy of this book for Christmas because yes. you can't read this and still think that there was no pandemic. You can't, you, yeah. you, you can't even... There, you, there's no question, right? It will remove every question. The the movie, the the 12 minute movie, it's on um, it's it's front and center on Pierre's Substack, by the way, which is Pierre Corey's Medical Musings. Um, it, it literally in 12 minutes, it encapsulates the entire nefarious story. I it, to me, with with the quotes and the facts, like I don't know how anybody could watch or listen to that and go, yeah. But I'm, I still want to get my right. Common it's, sense has left the building if that happens. I don't know. Yep. Well, and it, and it has. There are people we're not going to be able to save. One of them ran past me on a jogging trail with, with a mask. mask on two weeks ago. You know, and I was like, there's probably no help in her. I mean, yeah. I shouldn't say that. We might could. But I think at this point, if you're by yourself outside alone running in a mask, running, I just feel like... No, it's you're gonna you're gonna go your own way. Yeah. Have you guys seen those psychology studies they've done? Tell me if if I need to get the hook. I know we're we're running over, and I will talk for a year. No, I, this this it always blows my mind. They, they have millions of uh, psychology studies they'll do where they'll t they'll take uh, everybody's actors, but the one person in question every time. So they, the one person, the unsuspecting person, is about is waiting for an elevator. The elevator doors open and before she steps in, everybody takes a 45 degree turn to the side. And 100% of the people who get on that elevator do it get in and turn. It's like, oh, I guess we face this way in this elevator. And you watch that thinking, no freaking way. Person after person after person. I saw another one. This one was insane. An unsuspecting person walks into a waiting room. And every few minutes, there's a beep. Uh -huh. And when the beep goes off, all the other people in the waiting room stand up and sit down. Nobody's making eye contact. Nobody's talking. So after three or four beeps, the unsuspecting person starts doing it with them, right? Because like, yeah. oh, every time it beeps, we stand up and we sit down. Yes. So this, this keeps going and it keeps going. And all the original people slowly leave, but new people come. The, there's no original people left in the room and the unsuspecting gal is still standing and sitting. And e so it just continues. Like, yes. am, am I explaining this properly? Do yes. you understand? Yes. And oh, it's yeah. like, okay, that is the learned behavior. That is the, I don't want to stand out. I cannot be different. I cannot like make a scene. I see it with my kids. Like, don't make a scene. Don't, you know, 
I'm like, yeah. oh no, make a scene, make a scene. Like, yeah. And think about what we've done in, in American education. We've produced good little soldiers. Yep, we good have. Good little soldiers, right? Get in line, do that. And I'm not saying, listen, we got to have order. We've got to have respect for order. All that is good. But I do think we need to rethink the way we're training our kids. If you've got that strong-willed child, we all know that strong-willed girl, she might be, she is going to be able to run something someday. You understand? I got my strong-willed child. I promise you, I've said from the beginning of time when I was wanting to beat his rear end, I would say, he's going to run a, he's going to be the CEO of a company. He's going to run this country. He's going to do something because he is so headstrong. And, and it was really about just learning to tame his spirit, but not break his will because yeah. he needs that. You know, he needs that. He just had to mature and he did. He had to mature into it. But please, families, let's think about this with our education of our kids. Teach your kids to question. Teach your kids to question. Don't try not to say because I said so. Sometimes it's okay to say because I said so. But a lot of times it's just like help them understand the whys because you don't want them getting on the elevator and turning without there being a reason to turn. Right. They, they just need to think about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Right. That's how we get out of the next pandemic. And that's our last question to you. When's the next pandemic? What's your guess? Well, I I think based on the, you know, ongoing simulations that they, they very generously do so that we know, I think it's uh, 2425, right? The spars. Or was it Spars was the last one? There's a, I don't know. It's a, it's on the Johns Hopkins website. You can find yeah. it. And and they, there's, even though there's no, there's no pathogen or anything, it's going to be 20 times more uh, virulent and deadly. Just FYI, in case we, you know, they, they, they somehow magically know that. So yeah. um, me personally, I think a lot of it will be how they're going to cover up the continued vaccine injuries. Um, not yep. that they may not release you know, or accidentally release something else at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. Um, mm. that, that, yeah. Time to get well, family. Let's all, is, you're going to hear Kristen and Amy and I talking a lot about this in the new year. Uh, we're going to be doing a challenge together. We can't wait to share with you guys. But just let's make sure we the fuel going in our bodies is going to help keep us in optimal health. If we need to trim up, it's time to do that. We need to give ourselves the right fuels and the right nutrients to be healthy because many of us got right on through COVID with very little because we already were doing the things, giving our body what it needs to fight it. And that's what we're, we're going to need to do from here to evermore till the day we die because you cannot trust. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. You cannot trust the systems to lead you in the right direction. No, well, there are the peer quarries though. There are. And so this is what, what I've said from the beginning. I'll, and this will be my final thing. I promise. Um, you know, it's, it's more than follow the money. It's who has something to gain. Yes. And who has something to lose, right? The pharmaceutical companies, they got everything to gain for you to take their thing. They make their money. When you take it, they make their money. When you get sick, they make their, you know, they're just making money. They're making money, making money, making money. Who has something to lose? Who has yep. something to lose? I do. Pierre Corey does. You guys yep. do, right? right? So why? What? How, if you can tell me why, like I, when I, one of my blog posts is, was is about the whole grifter thing. People call Pierre a grifter, and it it makes me laugh out loud. Oh, Pierre writes prescriptions for ivermectin. Do you even understand how medicine works? Like this is a, a generic off patent medicine. Pierre doesn't make a penny. 
prescribing ivermectin. You're so you're like your ignorance is is actually blinding. So yes. Pierre lost three jobs. He can literally never work in a teaching hospital. They stripped him his, of his credentials, which means he can't take insurance. Like they they literally tried to ruin him. And yep. and Paul Merrick. I mean, they tried to ruin Paul's Paul's uh, research on vitamin C that wasn't even related to COVID because right. they have to discredit the people, right? When they can't discredit the data, that's another thing. They discredit that's the right. people. So, you know, when, when you just ask yourself, what this person, Mike Eden, you know, all, all of them, Naomi Wolf, like they're, they've yep. been called every horrible thing in the world. They're risking their reputations. They're not yep. getting rich off of this. Yeah. And they're trying to bring you information. So who has something to gain? Who has something to lose? That will really help your critical thinking, I believe. That's it. And yeah. follow the people. That's how we got through COVID. We found the Pierre Corys early on. Thank God for FLCCC. We saw them standing out there. Amy has told this many times. Amy, you saw them standing on there. And then and then they went away. Where did that video go? Where, did, where were those doctors saying they knew how to treat COVID? Remember, that was like the eye opener. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. You know, but... Find that was America's people. frontline doctors, the Simone Gold and those. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, Manual, yeah. It was frontline. That's right. It was. It was that. But that we started following Dr. Peter McCullough. That's how we got connected to him early on. Is we're like he's saying things that make sense to us, and we started looking into it. And and that's why I just you know again we got to learn to think and ask questions. And that's a great question to start with. Who has something to gain? Who has something to lose? Let that help inform your decision-making going forward. Yes. Jenna, it is such a pleasure to finally get to meet you. Thank you so and much for having me. This was so fun. Oh, my gosh. Humor. We love to laugh. Yes. I think laughter is the best medicine. For if, sure. if it's not funny, I don't want any part of it. Don't get right. it. No, I'm not buying it. And you're so right about um, the move, helping move people and um, helping people see where we're coming from, when you use humor, a lot of when we were waking up and stuff, when I would see like J.P. Sears, Great I remember Sears. when he would post like, you know, just a life jacket thing. thing was my favorite. That was yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, funny yeah. things, like he, making uh, fun of the situation, oh, but, but also jackets, bringing in because facts. Because one wasn't enough. That helps like, people understand that the in a, of that in a way more than that, just like reading a medical journal. So love yeah. bringing humor into it. I I love it. And we're going to actually connect you all to Jenna. So on our Substack, if you are new to the podcast and you don't know, go subscribe to Just Think the Podcast on Substack. It's free. We thank you to all of you who subscribe. We appreciate it. It helps keep the podcast going. But we're going to connect you to Jenna. We're going to connect you back to Dr. Corey's again, just so you have that. Um, but that way you can follow her and you can support what she's doing as well. And use all of the, the, you know, this is the great thing about these substacks. It's where you can find the actual science, mm -hmm. the links that Jenna talked about that she had to describe <laughs> here. The actual links are there. So go check it out because we just want you, we don't want to tell you what to think. We want to challenge you to do it. And we want to give you the right things to look at so you can really make the most informed decision for yourselves and your families. So Jenna, thank you so much for being thank on. You. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you guys. Thank y'all for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye y'all.